It is Tuesday here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada flying solo, Mark Schofield. Wrapping up a little bit more uh, preseason quarterback scouting as he tries to get himself ready for the opening weekend of college football. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, giving coaches the ability to break down game film to pull stats, searchable clips, tendency reports, and much more from both desktop and mobile solutions. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon and you get one free breakdown if you sign up today what we're going to be talking about today actually is we're going to be talking about a recently traded wide receiver doriel green beckham now on the philadelphia eagles after i think what some people would call a little bit of a lackluster rookie season for the titans back in 2015 and i say what some people may call a lackluster rookie season because look not every receiver comes in Like an Anquan Bolden throwing up a 1,000 yards in their first season. Some guys take a little bit more time to develop. And so we're going to be joined here by Sean Cottrell of Inside the Pylon here to talk about Green Beckham and his potential development. And Sean, I want to welcome you in. Uh, This is, uh, I think, the first time that you and I have been on the pod together. I think Mark had you on a couple weeks, maybe a couple months ago. But I think this is the first time that I've had you on here. So welcome aboard. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. I appreciate the invitation to come on and, and talk about uh, DGB. Yeah, how'd you? Uh, what, what was the uh, the impetus? How'd you decide to uh, put this article together? What'd you want to study? Uh, well, I, I mean, obviously, there's the the big trade a couple weeks ago. I think it's it's two weeks ago today. Um, and, and I think what what really struck me about it was it, it was it was pretty standard trade. I, I think for NFL. Um, preseason i i think you have a guy you have one team that's looking to buy low on a potentially um you know high ceiling player and another team where you know they have a new gm and maybe this player doesn't fit into their philosophy or maybe he's not buying into their philosophy and so they you know they want to trade him and kind of get whatever they can for him so i mean despite the fact that it was you know, DGB kind of has a, a little bit of a checkered past. It was a pretty standard trade, but it, it wasn't really being talked about like that. I think when it when it happened, I think that a lot of the reaction was what you know what went wrong with with Doriel Green Beckham and, and why you know why would the Titans give up so so much for, and and get so little in return for him. So I wanted to really look into it. That and and I'm just I'm an Eagles fan at heart, so I wanted to kind of look in to see the see the guy we're getting. So I I wanted to. Uh, you know, dig into some of the film of his rookie year and actually see what he could do. Uh, there was a lot of questions. Or, there was a lot of questions around what he can't do and his effort and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to kind of break down what he could do and what he could actually present for the, you know, for the Eagles going forward. So, so let's talk about what stood out to you most on that tape. When you talk about kind of the greatest one or two strengths that DGB has, talk to me about what those are and what really stood out when you first watched him. So the one thing that really, uh, and and this might not be. This is definitely one of his better strengths. It may not be his best, but the one thing that really stood out to me was was really his his blocking. And I hate to mention that first because it's it's kind of a boring a boring trait and not not what most fans are looking for. But you know when you take when we're talking about a guy whose whose effort was questioned and and I 
I can't speak obviously to his effort off the field, um, but his effort on the field really surprised me. And I think blocking is one of those areas, especially for a wide receiver. We, you, you don't typically expect much. Um, you know, typically if a wide receiver can kind of get in the way of the defensive back, if you can hold him off just long enough and engage him just long enough to, you know, let the running back slip around the edge or, or up through the alley, he's usually doing his job. But if he does more than that, I mean, then you're really getting into that player's effort. And, and I always look at blocking from a wide receiver to show me their effort. And he really surprised me in that, in, in that, um, you know, area, just because of all the talk about him and, and the lack of effort and all that kind of stuff. He, he was really, really good blocker. And I think part of that's just because of his size and, and strength combination. But a lot of that also has to do with effort. There was one play in particular where he ran, it was actually ended up being a, he, he ran a dig route across the middle of the field and Mariota had to break from the pocket and they were back on their own, like 15 yard line. And, you know, it was about a 25-yard gain, but he sprinted down to get just in front of Mariota to make the key block that actually turned that 25-yard gain into an 87-yard touchdown. So it's it's the little things like that that really make a difference. Um, but I, I would say his overall, the most impressive thing to me was his, his ability to adjust to the ball and the body control he has. Um, for somebody his size, to be able to contort your body in all those different ways to make the catch, it really just creates such an advantage for a player like himself. Um, you know, defensive backs simply can't do anything about it when, when you know, if, if he's going to go up and get a ball that's, you know, 10 feet in the air, he can go get, I don't know if I'm exaggerating there, but um, he can go and get that ball. And, and, and sometimes there's just nothing the defensive back can do about it. And he's really, really good in those situations. And not just, from his height. I mean, he's really good adjusting backwards, adjusting down low to the ground. So he, I, I just thought overall he did a really good job adjusting to the ball. And I thought given his size and his speed, that's such a key element um, to really, you know, it, it, it almost makes him open when he's not even open because the quarterback can just throw it up knowing that he'll, he'll be able to come down with it. Now I want to go back to uh, what you mentioned off the top with blocking being something that often can be indicative of effort. And I want to look at the other side of that in terms of one area that we often see receivers criticized as being low effort as well is if they're not necessarily the first, second, or even the third read on a play, you may see them somewhat taking a play off and coasting a little bit through their route. And I'm curious if you saw anything like that from uh, Green Beckham as you were watching in, in situations where, look, maybe he wasn't receiving a pass and maybe it wasn't a case where he was the first or second read was he still giving you max effort in those situations as well? Yeah, I mean, I think so. It, it, it's To be honest, it's kind of hard to tell with him because as a rookie, he had kind of a limited role in Tennessee. Tennessee had, if you remember back to last year, they had, they had I mean, their wide receiver core wasn't great, but they, they did have a lot of veterans there um, that had established roles. So pretty much when, when he was on the field, he was almost always within the progression um, which, which makes that kind of a, a hard thing uh, to to evaluate. Um, but I mean that that's that's one of the things I was looking for honestly from from an effort standpoint. I I didn't really see that. So you know th there were situations where a lot of times with receivers you can get confused when when they're blocking sometimes because they're they're really just kind of trying to stay in front of the defensive back. They they don't want to overcommit to one side or the other too quickly so it may look like they're actually not doing anything but they're they're actually they they, they 
purposely are waiting until you know the runner gets right up close to them and they're waiting to judge the reaction of the defensive back before making a move and pushing him one way or the other. When we look at uh, what DGB was asked to do last year in Tennessee, what routes stood out to you as ones that he was most effective on, either just in terms of the fluidity and smoothness of the route or ones where he was just most proficient? Yeah, good, good question. So one of the areas where I thought that he actually struggled, and, and I think that it's it's completely normal for a guy that his size, his size to struggle here, is on some of the um, deeper, intermediate to deep uh, routes where he's making like a, like, like a dig or a comeback where he's making a sharp 90-degree turn or 45-degree turn. Um, he's really, just, just because of his size, he's really just not able to do that extremely effectively. Um, and, and I think that's that's normal for guys to size it. I mean, if you if he could, if he could do those things, now you know we're getting into like Calvin Johnson type athleticism, which not many people are. Um, but one of the areas that I thought he did really well in is I thought that he he was really good in the short in the short game. So quick slants, um, quick outs. I think his his threat of his, his straight line speed and his size really. Um, Force defensive backs to kind of overcommit to him on on vertical routes, which let which allowed him to break them off shorter on either a quick slant or a quick out. Um, and a lot of times for soft coverage, that that would really work because the defensive back would end up committing two or three steps into his release and turning up turning their hips upfield, and he would just kind of break it out. So he was really good in the short area. And then I mentioned that he he wasn't as good in the deep intermediate area and those sharper cuts. But what he could do is if he was in tight man coverage, he was very physical in his routes. So, And I thought he did a good job using his physicality, kind of working off of the defensive back. I know there was one, there was one dig route in particular where just before he broke inside on the dig, he, he, moved, he moved slightly outside to the right, kind of pushing the defensive back out towards the sideline and breaks back in. And just because of his size and, and power that he has in his frame, you know, he was able to create some separation there. So I think, you know, he, he in versus off coverage with, with like a, with a really good corner, he, he may struggle with those sharper cuts because he, he doesn't come out of his, his breaks extremely quickly. Um, but if he has the, if he has the chance to use his, um, his body, his physicality, I think he'll, he can win quite often. Talking with Sean Cottrell of Inside the Pylon about the film on Doriel Green Beckham. And I also want to talk to anyone who's listening about how they watch film as well. Crossover football can help coaches to win more games and make smarter use of the film room with your team. Crossover breaks down and stats out your game film, giving you searchable clips, advanced ODK, tendency reports, and a wealth of other great information that you can access from any PC or any mobile device your formations and your personnel packages can be labeled with your own terminology and you can create custom highlight reels that help you exchange video with anyone on any platform including all of your own coaches and players to try one game for free sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon that's crossover with a k dot com slash pylon and you get one free breakdown when you sign up today Sean, we've talked an awful lot about what you saw on the film on Green Beckham that was positive. What stood out to you as areas that still need some work and still are under development at this point in his career? Sure. So, what I mean, one of the areas that 
it, it's kind of tough for him to develop, but I think it's worth mentioning is it's just his overall athletic ability. I think coming into um, the draft, there was there was a lot of per- there was a perception that he's kind of carried through since then that he was some sort of a freak Calvin Johnson type athlete, and and he's really just he's really not that. He does have elite size, elite you know straight line speed, but. You know his explosion, meaning like the, his vertical jump and broad jump scores from the combine, and his agility tests, uh, like the the short shuttle and the and the three cone drill, were were actually pretty poor, um, which which isn't a terrible thing again given his size, but he he's just not the athlete that people kind of made him out to be. Um, inside the pylon zone, Ethan Young um, and his I I actually looked up his Sladek numbers and which. which Sladex are basically just a combination of size measurables mixed with athletic measurables to combine everything into one that accounts for size and athleticism. And his he he landed in the 63rd percentile in that um, in that score there. And, and so he he's a good athlete, and for his size, he's he's adequate. And I think there's a lot of areas where he can he can win and, and make his deficiencies work. Um, but he's not a, he's not a great athlete. Um, and, and then the other thing that you know I kind of mentioned already, but really just his his route running in general, he, he's just his feet are a little slow. He's he's kind of a he's kind of a plotter. Like I said, he can um, he, he can win in some of those shorter areas before he's built up that momentum and that speed. But once he's done that, it's really hard for him to get in and out of breaks very quickly if he doesn't have a defender there to kind of like move off of or work from. Um, and so that, that's another area that he, um, kind of struggled in when, when I was watching him. Um, but I, I thought overall, I thought his, his abilities really kind of masked those things. Um, you know, like again, his ability to adjust his body control, that's something that makes up for a lot of those deficiencies. You don't necessarily have to have elite, you know, you, you don't have to be perfect coming out of your breaks if you have that large frame and the ability to adjust and go up and get the ball anyway, even if the you know the defender's right on your back. So I, I think some of his strengths can help mask his deficiencies. Um, and, and the last thing I'll say is he's just such a um, – he could be such a dynamic athlete. I, I just don't think he's realized that yet. Um, I, I mentioned in the piece he his play style uh, reminds me of Des Bryant. Not 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 that he's done anything close to what Des has done in his career, but you know he's such an um, he's such a physical tough player that I feel like if he ever realized his potential, his athletic potential, he could be the type of guy that can really just take over a game. Like if you watch Des Bryant, um, sometimes you know the Romo or whoever the quarterback is now um, is, can just throw the ball up in the air, and Des is going to go up and get it, and there's nothing anyone else can do about it. Uh, DGB does remind me of that type of player with his play style, but he has to he has to really rein everything he has rein it in and figure out what type of player he wants to be, and then I think you know he he can do it. It's just a matter of him putting it all together. Sean, you've got uh, Green Beckham coming into uh, an offense that is uh, you know really new offense under Doug Peterson, first year head coach uh, for the Eagles here. Where do you see him fitting into? that offense and any clues as to the types of uh, the type of role he's going to play there and types of routes you may see him utilized on. Yeah, I think he, he fits kind of as a, as a perfect X receiver who, who primarily lines up 
you know, on the line of scrimmage because of his ability to to beat press coverage. I think he, you know, he, his ability to beat press using his physicality again is another really great thing for this system. Doug Peterson runs, you know, kind of a variant um, of the West Coast based system. It kind of relies on you know quarterback timing and stuff like that. So the ability for him to be able to get off the line of scrimmage, beat press coverage, and get to the landmark where the quarterback's expecting him to be is really critical. And so I think he's going to be primarily lined up as the X receiver, probably on the backside of um, most of the route combinations, where he'll be kind of usually singled up with a defensive back, and that's where he he has such an advantage. Um, you know, and I think you know we we saw it in the first preseason game. They did exactly that. They they isolated him on the backside of the play. He got single coverage, and you know once he gets single coverage, as long as the quarterback puts the ball anywhere in the vicinity, he's probably going to win that. So I think he he's going to be very effective um, being playing that role, especially given the fact that the Eagles wide receivers don't necessarily have anybody right now that can really effectively play that X receiver. We've got about a minute or two left here. Anything that you want to touch on with regards to Green Beckham that we haven't covered thus far today? No, I think we've kind of got through through mostly everything. I mean, again, I, I think he just the the thing I really liked about him is I he, like I, and I think I mentioned this already, but he really his his abilities really mask his deficiencies. I I, I think it's really just a matter of him getting on the field, um, and and like I said, figuring out who he is. He has he has a rare talent to be able to make up. You know his ability to adjust to the ball, his size, his length. You know, that's that's something that you just can't teach and you can't do anything about um, if if you're a defensive back and you you can play the play the ball perfectly, but he can still win it. Um, so I think it's just it's just a matter of him realizing his his potential, putting it all together, and you know hopefully he can do that. Uh, so you know we can kind of see what type of player he can be. Not bad at all, Sean. What do you got? Uh, what what's planned next? What's uh, what's coming up for you the next couple of weeks? What are you working on? So I'm I'm covering the ACC, so I'm I'm pretty pumped for for the season to get started. Um, I have a. Um, How do you have my Dukies uh, shaping up this year? Where do you think they're going to uh, fall in there? It's going to be tough. They yeah, yeah they, they I know quarterback. <laughs> um, I think they they have a few guys. Um, few key seniors that are, that are gone from last year so i think it's it's going to be it's going to be tough without without the quarterback but uh you never know with cutcliffe and i i actually saw they just signed a big they just got a big quarterback recruit um a couple weeks ago right so that's that's good news especially it's, uh, i've been waiting for for cutcliffe to get one of those guys it's been a long um, time coming for him yeah it's you know he's, he's got kind of he's been kicking around kind of the guys ranked in the middle of the pack a lot the last few uh cycles but finally looks like he's gotten his uh his white whale at this point yeah exactly other than that i have a i have a new coach series i've been working on so all the new coaches in the acc i'm about to uh release the last one in dino babers i did kind of i did previews on mark richt uh, justin fuente Bronco Mendenhall and and hopefully Dino Babers will, will come out in the next week or so. Just kind of highlighting some of the some of the wrinkles that they like to throw at other teams um, for the uh, and and then once the season starts, you know, it'll be all hands on deck trying to just just put together uh, some some recaps, highlighting some highlighting some plays that you know key plays or key drives and stuff like that. So pretty pumped. Getting it all ready to roll, Sean. Appreciate it and outstanding job on uh, this article. I can tell you. 
informative for me, informative for a lot of other people. Big thanks for putting it together. Great job with it. Yeah, thanks, Chuck, and I appreciate you inviting me on. I had a good time. You got it, buddy. Sean Cottrell from Inside the Pylon. We're done for the day. Coming up tomorrow, we're actually going to stay in the NFC East. We're going to be talking a little bit of Cowboys with RJ Achoa from Inside the Star, talking about how they can bounce back from the Tony Romo injury, where they go from here. Is it the time of Dak? Well, we'll see. That's up tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Yeah.